What's up, boss? <laughs> How you doing? Yeah. What's good in the hood? Just holding it down, trying to take care of business. Keep it up. Four spacers. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, today <laughs> is a crazy day. Um, I don't know why. I'm just kidding. I do know why. Because the G League just announced that uh, – I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We all know over here. All right? It's on the title. Um, Donovan Mitchell is a Cleveland Cavalier. Uh, this is not This is not a drill. They have no uh, intro? Yeah. Um, but anyway, before I get into that, why don't I uh, you know, introduce uh, some of the finest gentlemen uh, to talk about this. Um, first one's first, uh, Mr. Stephen Boyle. What's going on? Ready for the season to start. Been missing it all summer long. And um, also, uh, Mr. Aaron Joseph. What's good, everybody? Here to talk on the Floor Spacers podcast, as usual. Of course. As usual. As per usual. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, Obviously, guys, like I just said, you know, today is a crazy day. Um, I think, especially when it comes to the fact that um, an actual blockbuster trade has actually transpired um, after two months of waiting. Um, and as a Cavs fan, I mean, this came out, I mean, actually, not even as a Cavs fan, as, as an NBA fan, I mean, we can all agree that it came out of nowhere. Um, last week, it was reported that, um, that, you know, the Cavs were having calls uh, or talks with the Jazz, um, but nothing really materialized. And, you know, the, the majority of the discourse has happened between New York and Utah, and everyone thought it was going to be, you know, like quickly and top in a bunch of their picks and grimes. And um, we saw, how, like, the talks were getting a little weird because I think Ainge wanted a lot of players and pieces. Um, and, um, yeah, and, you know, now here we are, you know. Um, you know, it's a bittersweet moment for me personally. But uh, before I give my piece, uh, gentlemen, how do you guys feel about what has just uh, transpired as of 7.04 p.m.? today yeah, first of all it was just like completely shocking just came out of nowhere like like pretty much all summer long we've been they've been like leading us down this like path that is inevitable he's going to be going to the knicks like they're just trying to figure out what what's going to be sent there and then just all of a sudden like what was it, like two three nights ago rj barrett gets this like four year a little bit less than max extension and leon rose and the knicks are just like yeah, we've been trying to do this all summer long. You guys, obviously, we're not going to, you know, come to an agreement here. You guys will either want too much or you don't want the other things we're offering you. So we're just going to back out of this and go about keeping RJ Barrett because we're happy with what he's done for us so far. So they keep RJ. But then everyone's still saying, like, yeah, but they didn't really need RJ to make the deal work anyway. So if, if, even with RJ resigning in New York, we can still get the job done with, like, Grimes quickly topping all their picks, so I'm just like going about just waiting, like just waiting for the Knicks announcement. Like any day now, he's going to be a Nick, and then all of a sudden today, Don, Donovan Mitchell traded to Cleveland, the Woj bomb. And I'm just like, what? That was crazy. But yeah, I think it's going to be a really good fit. Obviously, like the whole thing that JB's been building there the last couple of years is like running three bigs, defensive focused guys. So that way they can mask the defensive liabilities that Garland and Sexton brought them a couple of years ago. And obviously last year Sexton got hurt, but the rest of the Cavs started developing together as a unit. And, you know, they brought in some more guys like Levert, Rubio, who kind of 
were playing really well next to Mobley and Allen kind of elevated their games offensively. And, you know, they didn't, they, they didn't really feel like what Sexton brought to the team was enough to warrant giving him a max extension or over 20 million, like he wanted it apparently. So they were like, let's bring in a guy who's already established himself as like a very good player, especially in the postseason where he ups his, elevates his game even more. We're bringing in Donovan Mitchell. He kind of fits the system we're trying to build here with the two small guards and then the bigs who really helped them in the pick and roll, get them open looks. So, yeah, I really like this trade for Cleveland. It's basically just like, like you said, Chrissy, earlier when we were talking about it, it is like pretty much just like an upgrade from what Sexton would have brought. But Donovan Mitchell is a much better player than Colin Sexton and can do a lot more things that help winning basketball than what Colin Sexton brings. So I want to hear what you have to say. Or Aaron, whoever wants to go first. I'll just chime in. I'll just chime in real quick. But like, I mean, that was unexpected. I like, like you said, like it's been going on for months. Like Mitchell's going to the Knicks, and we're just like sitting there, just waiting to see what happens. Like literally, nothing happens, and then all of a sudden, he gets traded to the Cavs. And I mean, I could see why Christy, you're. It's like bittersweet because obviously Sexton's. Like, it's just like rookie factors, been there his whole career, and then, like, you just trade him. But, like, at the end of the day, you just got to realize that. Oh, what? Oh, wait, hold on. Pause it real quick. Pause this real quick. But, yeah. Uh, where was I? Um, well, yeah, basically, I could see the rookie factor, how, like, you could see that that – young grown talent you've been like rooting for for so long since the beginning and now all of a sudden he's just gone like I I get the upset part but like Mitchell like you said is just like he's 25 and he's just as young as your young core like you could probably build off that for a while now like as long as like financials work out but I like I you're in a good position even though the east is kind of stacked so I'm not not saying like I wouldn't say y'all are title contenders right now yet, but, like, you're at the brink of it, and who knows, like, by the end of the season, we don't know yet. Like, it's still very early. So, I I think – and plus, you you gave up, like – you didn't give up way too much. I don't know much about Ochai, so – but, like, Lowry, that's, like, I guess – but then five – like, three picks and then two pick swaps. I think, like – I thought they were going to ask more for Mitchell – I personally thought it wasn't a – I didn't think it was a fleece. Like, people were kind of saying it is, but I feel like it's kind of a win-win. So, I wouldn't be too upset, especially, like, the hype coming along with it. And now y'all have a, a superstar at 25 years old. He's, like, entering his prime. If not, he already is in his prime. So, I think it's a win for you, too. Before before Christy starts talking about his views on the trade, considering it is his team, and I'm assuming it's going to take a little bit, um, Aaron, I wanted to ask you, because I saw this conversation being thrown around on Twitter a lot today after the trade happened. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's say if you're the Jazz, would you rather take the offer of that Cleveland gave them now, which is like basically three unprotected picks, two protected picks, all first round, and then uh, Sexton, Lowry, and Ochai? Or would you rather take an offer from the Knicks that was proposed, like their final offer, which is supposedly supposed to be RJ, uh, quickly and two unprotected first round picks. I still take the Cavs deal. You think so? Because you get three picks, 
you get more picks, and I feel like the I'm like I said, like Ochai is a rookie, and yep, Sue's like a wing. So like, and then you get Lowry and Sexton. Like I feel like, and they said they're gonna keep those pieces. So I feel like I think it's because the Knicks had more picks to offer. They that's why the Jazz are trying to get them good more out of them, but they ended up not doing it. It's like a Knicks thing to do, I guess. I I would have overpaid personally. I also I feel, feel like, like the Knicks picks would have been more valuable than the Cavs picks just because if yeah, I, feel, I feel like Donovan Mitchell going to the Knicks, like I feel like him being on the Cavs makes them a better team than the Knicks would have been adding Mitchell. So I think the Knicks picks would have been better than the Cavs picks if they were to get them. And then also it's just a factor of like, would you rather have RJ or would you rather have like Sexton is the other argument. Like me personally, I think RJ has a higher upside than Sexton does. And yeah. I like like Lauer, like Ochai, obviously he's like a rookie. We don't really know what we're gonna get from him yet, but I feel like he projects to be like a like a a rotation guy because he's like a senior coming out of Kansas. He's already like pretty uh, established as like yeah. he'll be like a decent rotation player. And then Lowry, I don't really know if he's gonna get much better at this point because he hasn't. He's been like pretty. He he's been like the same type of player his whole career pretty much since his rookie season, with like little improvements here and there, but. I feel did like they're they say, getting what they're getting. They say, my bad. Did they say what year picks they were? It's like 23, 25, 27. Yeah, I think that's what it was. And then 24 and 26 swaps. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, that's the thing. Like, you don't know what's going to happen five years from now. But, like, now, I mean, you can always almost bet on the Knicks being mediocre or bad. So that's like that pick value is probably even more. But. I feel like they're probably you, banking on Mitchell leaving after three years left on his deal, and then that those last couple of picks being good. I don't. That's another thing we could talk. About. That's a lot of that's a lot of contracts you're supposed to like. What is what is like Allen's contract right? Jared Allen's contract right now, like and, he's got like twenty mil a year. And but the issue is with this is like because Evans going to be for his extension soon. So. Yeah. Um, you got like you got three more years of Mobley on a rookie contract before you have to pay him. So I like this is perfectly fine in my opinion. I mean, for well, now, it's two until he comes eligible. I think, right? Well, no, but then when he signs it, when he comes eligible, you still have that last year before it kicks in. True, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's four years on the rookie deal. So he's already played one year, so he's got three more until you have to start paying him. Wait, Donovan has what three years left? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, plus, plus Love will be off the books by then too for that for his max. So you, you have room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think you should be chilling. Honestly, theoretically, should be yeah. chilling. But I mean, hopefully, there's no like drama where it's like, oh, I want more money, or like Mitchell's like, oh, I need this amount of money. You know what I mean? Blah blah blah. But, um, I mean, I mean, uh, before I start talking, I mean, for the question that Steve just asked, me personally, I'm not like no bias. I would still take the Cavs offer than. The Knicks offer, um, just I mean the the picks, yeah, the, the Knicks have the the better pick choices, I guess. Um, but as far as like the, the players you're getting right now, um, I mean, yes, I'm sure. I mean, RJ definitely has like a I guess like a higher like I guess outlook or ceiling than Colin does. But at the end of the day, you're getting a 24 points per game score in Colin Sexton, um, to kind of like lead you into this next stage of like the rebuild slash like retool. Um, so you're getting that, and then. Uh, Laurie Markkinen, um, like, all right, so this thing with Laurie is, like, yeah, with Chicago, it's weird because he came in looking pretty good, and then that whole thing with 
you know, Jim Boylan and all that happened. I remember doing, I did a lot of research last season on how like things went wrong for Laurie and how like Boylan came in and um, all that transition from like, like, like that Hoiberg thing to like to Boylan and then um, the bull now I forgot his name. Um, I saw my head. Who is it again? It's not a, uh, is it Donovan? It's Billy Donovan, Billy, right? Billy Donovan's yeah. yeah. So it's like all of that like, was weird. And then I remember he started getting like a consistent role in minutes. Um, and then when he came to Cleveland this year, he started off a little bit rocky, a little shaky, but I'd say like by the time it was like January, February, he really started getting into his role. Um, considering that he started to, you know, plays a small forward role. Um, and then he started hitting his threes and his, like, you could, you could tell his, his on-ball defense got noticeably better. Uh, he started trying, um, and I was really excited for him too. And I remember like, it's funny too, cause like, uh, Euro basket was going on too for, you know, for these last couple of weeks. And I remember a lot of people were posting his, you know, his highlights and he's actually been going off. He's putting together some pretty good games, um, doing what he does best. Like, you know, playing as a, as a big body, um, he's bringing the ball up the floor now. Uh, he was shooting, he was dunking, he was doing everything too. So just seeing that, I was really excited for him this upcoming season. So, um, and he's still relatively young and um, he still has room for improvement and he was making improvements as the season went on. Um, and he looks a lot more fit and like healthier and happier too. So I think like that, like them, him, them getting him too is also really good. Um, and then Ochai, like, like, bro, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. Like he's a national champ. Um I mean, I forgot what conference they're in, but he was a player of the year, I think. Um, and and if you look at his college career too, like he literally started off in college, like shooting like like a weird like percentage, like thirty two percent on some really low like efficiency or like really shot like really low volume. But um, like as years went on, like his his volume and his percentage has been going up. And this past season, I think he he took like six or seven uh, threes per game, and he like hit like forty two percent of them, right? And on top of that, like his athleticism was crazy. Like he's a lot of like he's a really good off ball cutter. Um, he had a lot of a lot of nice athletic dunks. Um, definitely above the rim. And then on defense, like he was really like he was like a pretty sturdy body, six six, um, pretty big wingspan. So obviously, I like you guys saw how excited I was for him. Like before the draft even happened, like I was like he was on my list of prospects. And then we got him. And again, like literally two days ago, or actually no, yesterday actually, I was I was watching um like you know like. Uh, Kansas highlights on, on my TV. I was like watching him. I was like, all right, bet getting excited, watching some of the summer league highlights. And I mean, that's another thing. So during summer league, you know, he came out to a hot start that that first game, and I was like, all right, bet we have something here. You know what I mean? So um, those three players, as of right now, in terms of what you're getting, in terms of those next steps for that re that rebuild, that retool is like is, I mean, that's that's definitely better than what the Knicks would have gave you, like for sure. That's not even like bias. This is what it is right now. Um, but as far as the picks. Um, it's what, like, yeah, three future first and like pick swaps and stuff. Like, like that's what I'm saying. My issue with that entire thing is like, all right, we get the picks up, of course. It's, it's not the Mitchell, of course, right? Um, and then obviously, I give up Colin Sexton. Like, it like it hurts just seeing his growth and seeing how, like, 2018, like, he was thrown under the bus. And then, like, two years later, like, you know what I mean? He's putting up numbers. He took down that big three by himself. That, that game was insane. Like, all the stuff that he was doing. And then, earlier this season, before he got injured, he was actually adjusting to a new role, playing off the ball. Um, playing better defense, um, actually passing the ball, um, and just seeing that, I was like, all right, bet. I was excited for you know for his for his leap, um, and then that in itself obviously hurts a lot because it's it's him, and I I feel like I grew a lot with him too. Like it like he was there since day one, you know what I mean. So seeing that gone is it hurts, um, and then again like, all right, fine, we give up Colin. The whole contract thing was messy. Like if we couldn't get him back, fine, whatever, right. Um, Obviously, the trade didn't go down. I feel like he would have been a, a, on a, a Kev by the time it was, you know, um, opening night. 
but that's a whole different conversation. But all right, fine. We had to give him up contract, whatever. It didn't work out. Fine. Um, all right. Like Laurie, like, and I said this earlier too in the Twitter chat. It's, it's weird too. Cause I remember like Chris Fedor and all them would like, they would like, they would consistently just like harp on like, all right. Like obviously the big three are locks like Garland, Mobley and, and Allen are locks. Right. But I remember Fedor was like, yeah, the next closest player who's like a lock, look, who will like has a safe spot um, on the team is Laurie Markin. And apparently like the team had like a, like a, um, like a high regard on him and the, they, they viewed him as a part of the young core. So, um, you know, seeing him like thrown in kind of like, and then like Steve just said, too, like JB Bickerstaff had that, the, the three big, you know, tower city lineup. And that's what I really liked like, watching last season. Cause we had three seven footers out there. Laurie was doing actually pretty good on defense. Cause it's like, he really had nothing to lose. It's like, all right, if he gets blown by, there's, you know, Mobley and, and Jared in the back line, you know, helping waiting to help. So, like, so as, as a result of that, his defense got a lot better. So seeing that and the fact that we had a seven-foot-tall small forward out there, like, we could shoot threes at a high clip and you could also put the ball on the floor a little bit and play inside. Like, I was really I was really happy about that, really excited. I was really wanted to see, like, year two small forward marketing. And even in the play-in play game, you guys saw how good he was. Um, I feel like he was probably our best player that night, honestly. Like, him and Darius, I guess, you know what I mean? Like, they, they were actually, you know, putting points up and he was making, making a huge difference. And, um I mean, the fact that he's gone too is like kind of heartbreaking too, just because like I feel like we finally, you know, got to do something. Like we got to do something kind of revolutionary in terms of having that three big lineup. Everyone was like clowning um, on JB. Like me for a little bit. I'm not going. I'm not going to lie, but still, like seeing that revolutionary like ball that that plan kind of come into motion was was kind of cool. But now it's, uh, of course, it's kind of gone, unfortunately. But that that hurts. But then I was like, all right, fine. So those two are gone, fine, right? But I thought like what we needed a lot apart from that half-court creation was a wing um, who could hit threes and play defense. And we got that in Oshai, and we literally, you know, kind of gave him away, um, which, again, that's kind of crazy because our our wings, our wing depth is kind of uh, stretched thin right now. Um, as Steve said earlier, like, in the Twitter chat, it was like, all right, maybe this is good, this is good news for Isaac, and, uh, like, maybe everything's, like, ticking up for him, which, I mean, you guys know me. I'm a big Isaac truther. I've had, I had had stock with him since day one, you know what I mean? So, um, I mean, again, hopefully that's the case. And I, I do believe that will be the case, but even if, you know, that is like, assuming that's what it's going to be, um, we really don't have anyone else except I guess like, like Lamar, um, which hopefully another breakout candidate. Cause I'm, I'm also the, high on him. Um, and then I guess like cares, but then he's more of just like a strict two than he is like a guy who can also play the three. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if I really have, I have like much faith in him playing the three really. Um, and then I guess like Dean Wade, um, which, I mean, I guess he, he kind of, kind of solidified himself as a player, but, um, I mean, I guess it kind of comes, comes into questions like, all right, how does it kind of factor in how many minutes are each guy going to get? Cause I thought, you know, my whole thing was like, all right, Ochai's going to come in. He's going to have like sort of like a Desmond Bain type arc. He's going to come in as a four-year player, you know, kind of do his thing and then really take that leap in year two. But, um, like, all right, fine. Again, like I said, like Colin Lowry, fine. Are those picks fine. You know what I mean? Like as Donovan Mitchell, fine. But, um, and on top of that, like, you know, like our 14th pick is it, basically we traded our this year's pick, you know what I mean? For, mm-hmm. and then on top of the picks that we have in the future. So it's like, all right, so all that. So that's what I'm saying. That's what I was saying earlier. Like, obviously I'm not denying that Donald Mitchell is better than Colin Sexton, but what I'm saying is like Colin Sexton is essentially like a great value, like a discount version of Donovan Mitchell. Um, and like I said, he'll still give you like 24 points per game on like near like 50, 40, 90 efficiency. It was like, I'm pretty sure it was like, it was like 48, I saw my head. It was like four. It was like I think it was like forty-eight, 
like 36 or something like that. And then I forgot the free throw percentage, like 88 or something like that. I don't know. But regardless, it's like obviously not 50, 40, 90, but it's like still 24 points per game. Um, and it, I'm not saying he's as good as Donovan, but it's still like a great value brand type stuff, right? So the my thing is it's like, all right, if we give up that package for like a Brandon Ingram, like, yeah, that would make sense, right? My thing is like I love Donovan Mitchell and I'm, I'm ecstatic he's on the team, but what I'm saying is like, like what the way I'm approaching is like, if that's the price tag, I low-key would have rather kept like like a discount version of Donovan Mitchell um, for all like the, the issues that he has. Um, I would have rather kept him and then wait until next summer because we have a lot of cap space and see what, what we could have done then. Um, and then like proceed like that. But I mean, if, if, you know, this is the, if this is the move that the front office thought was appropriate, then, I mean, I guess it's cool, but, um, and again, like no qualms about it. Cause like you guys said, it's Donovan Mitchell. So it's like, all right, fine. Yeah, for sure. But I'm just saying as, as far as like, yeah, again, the 14th pick in Ochai and then Laurie who kind of come came into his own and then, um, you know, Colin who kind of was in here organically and kind of knew the game plan, kind of knew JB. I feel like, like coming, looking at it in that perspective, like I think I would have rather still kept that core. But again, like in terms of the outlook for this season, it's like, I mean, like like we have, what you guys said earlier, it's like a perennial all-star guy, like an all-NBA guy, a guy who can drop 50 in the playoffs. So it's like this kind of, I guess, uh, solidifies us in a tier, I guess, in the, in the playoffs, in the playoff hunt rather. Because um, I feel like before this, like people are like, oh, the Cavs, like you guys gonna be like a, like a, a playing team again, blah, blah, blah. I wish I didn't think, but that's what a lot of people are saying. So I guess like this move kind of solidifies us being like a, like a top five, top six team, which I mean, I guess I mean, I could feel better about. And Aaron, like you said, like it brings that, um, what's it called that, that media attention and the, the overall, like that national team thing. You know what I mean? We have had that since LeBron, like, you know, four years ago. So kind of getting that back is, is a really good feeling. Um, but I mean, like you guys saw with, like, with the Warriors, like seeing how they did it, like with their homegrown players, like, like the, the pride in saying like, oh, like, yeah, these guys were draft picks. And then, you know, they kind of want to championship off of that. That was my whole thing with like sex land and all that. You know what I mean? So like seeing that kind of hurts, of course. Um, but uh, I mean, but yeah, I mean, again, I'm not going to be like a negative Nancy. Cause like, again, like, like one half of me is like super excited. I'm like, let's go. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like I really want to see like us do like a deep run this year. Um, but again, another half of me kind of just, just kind of just things just because it's like, all right, damn, it's like these guys that I had a lot of like, um, you know, like that, 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 like that, like that fan bias. I'm like, all right, bet these guys are going to come around and, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to use this core to go forward and maybe we'll add like an Andrew Wiggins next season. And then, you know what I mean? Like one or two pieces like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't want to, like, I don't want, obviously don't want to ramble on for too much, but I feel like just as a fan, like, of course I'm, I'm excited. Like I'm so excited. Like I'm like, I, I can't wait to watch like the season. I can't wait to watch how, like how Darius and, um, Don going to play, especially with Mobley. And again, like Isaac, I, I can't wait for his, you know, Jimmy Butler arc and then, um, you know, Jared Allen, but it's going to be a fun season for sure. It's just, it's just, it really does stink. Cause I, I, cause for the last couple of weeks, considering how like quiet the front was, I was definitely kind of, um, kind of, I was like, all right, I was in the mindset where I was like, all right, fine. Nothing's going to happen. Uh, we might just get rid of Dylan and Chetty get like, I don't know, like a reddish or like some cheap guy in return and then, you know, re-sign Colin and like a QO and then re-sign him next year. You know what I mean? Like I might, that's my mind thought process. I was like, all right, bet we're getting everything back. The game's back together. But um, definitely came out of nowhere. Definitely bittersweet. But I think as the days will go on, I think it's going to be more sweet than bitter for sure. And um, uh, I said in the last episode that I'm going to watch a lot more uh, OKC, but I'm going to start watching a lot more uh, Utah this season too, for sure. But um, yeah, end of rant. Crazy take. I don't know. Listen, I, I don't hate it. Listen, I, I don't know.
I don't know. I think Utah's probably going to be one of my least desired teams to watch next year. But back to the Mitchell thing, like, at first, my first thought, too, was, like, kind of the same thing that you were just talking about. Like, you know, it's just, like, kind of like a similar structure with what I already had with, like, Mitchell being better than Sexton. But, you know, when you really think about it, Donovan Mitchell is an elite playoff performer. Like, he's brought the, that Jazz team, which is, like, him, it was basically him and Gobert and then, like, a bunch of role players around them who were, like, off and on, like, the same type of players pretty much, like, between Ingles, Bogdanovich. Uh, like they had Rubio there for a while, like just recycling all these like really similar players with those two as like their main two guys. And they brought that team to the second round multiple times. You know, they've consistently been like one of the best regular season teams in the league. And now you bring Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland where that he's basically playing in the same like structure of offense that he was in Utah, except you have like another elite guard pairing in Darius Garland and then a generational rookie and Evan Mobley added to that. Like Mitchell, the, the way Mitchell creates his offense the most is he comes off the Gobert screens, creates himself in the mid range in the three. He last year, he was in the 99th percentile and three point shot making, which is obviously like the best in the entire league, pretty much when it comes to that regard. And the biggest problem that the Cavs had last year, I know Sexton was out with injury, but, Darius Garland didn't have another guy who can create offense next to him consistently. Like he had Levert, he did it for a while, but you know, obviously in that playing game, we saw that he's he struggled. He's not like that elite player that they, that they needed next to Garland. And he was injured too. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. And they had that. Like last year, like a lot of people were saying that you know the Cavs are still going to be a playing team even after this trade because you know Garland and Mitchell aren't going to be able to work together defensively. But you know, last year the Cavs almost made the playoffs with the same structure of team, basically, except now you're adding Donovan Mitchell to, to a system that he's already comfortable playing in. So that's going to be even better there. Uh, and then also, uh, what was I about to say? Oh, right. Uh, Karis LeVert is now going to be, like, basically um, going against second units every night alongside Ricky Rubio. They're going to, like, those were two guys who were starting a lot of games last year for the Cavs. And they were still beating teams. Like now you have them going in second units. That's going to be a really, I'd probably, I'll probably throw a bet on the Virgo and six man of the year from being completely honest. Like I like that. I really like like this Cavs team now. And I think they're pretty deep and I think they can honestly, like, I think they have a chance to solidify themselves as like a top five team in the East easily. No, it's actually good that you said that because I was going to, I forgot about that too. Cause I feel like, um, yeah, I mean, we still hung on to Karis too. And I think like our second unit, um, I guess before Ricky comes back, it's gonna be like you know, like Neto, who's like a pretty serviceable point guard. Uh, Karis, uh, Love, who just came off like six man of the year campaign. Uh, we got Robin Lopez. Um, and then whatever happens with like you know, like again, Dean Wade, Lamar, and then Dylan or, or Chetty, like so you're right, like the depth is even, still, like, even if you keep them, they're still like solid, like if they're like your ninth and tenth guys in your roster, that's good, yeah, exactly, right. And like that's what I'm saying too, like I think that's why. I have to commend Kobe Altman the most and the front office just because, like, I feel like we found a lot of really solid uh, depth players in the NBA. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they're NBA-level guys, not, like, guys who are, like, basically G-leaguers. You know what I mean? How some teams have that. Um, and I, I think I'm definitely, like, proud to say that we we have that. And, it, like I said, it's good that you brought it up. And I think, like, um, like I think Karis, uh, you know, having three months off of, of rest and kind of getting his body right, um, I remember, like, I think the Cavs were in uh, L.A. last week uh, doing, like, a, like a pro run or whatever, and Karras looked pretty good and healthy. So I think, like you said, like, that second run, the second unit run that he's going to get, um, you know, coming off with Kevin and, and like, again, like, Lopez who can, you know, 
provide some solid minutes here and there. And then again, like Nito, he's still a, a really solid point guard until, you know, Rubio comes back. So that, that depth is still going to be there. And I feel like that whole take where people are like, yeah, it's, they're not going to make, we're not going to make the playoffs just because uh, it's an undersized backcourt. It's like, it, it's, it's honestly really stupid to me. Cause I mean, even when we, in those, in those 12 games that we had, um, Colin, um, we were still like, again, top of the, the top of the league in defensive efficiency and all that and all the metrics. And we were still winning games. Um, and I mean, I think it's like, I think that's just a stupid thing. And like you said, it's like, yeah, Portland tried that with, with Damon CJ, but they didn't have the right defenders around them. Um, but I think with us, we have a generational defensive player in, in Mobley and we have a, an elite rim protector in, in Jarrett. And then again, like Isaac, um, who was definitely our best perimeter uh, defender last season. Um, like, I think you surround those guys with, with those three guys. I think like, yeah, I think you'll be, you'll be definitely set, but um, yeah, it's a great point too. And I think that's why another thing is like a consolation thing. It's like, all right, we still have um, a coveted guy in Karis LeVert, like, you know, coming off the bench and just all that. So like, like our depth is still there. Um, and like I said, it, it hurts definitely, but um, I think in terms of, like I said earlier, that, that mental security of like, all right, it's like that top five, top six is like, that's gotta be the, the floor. You know what I mean? It's like before it's like, all right, maybe it could be like varying, especially with, you know, with like Atlanta and all that. So it's like, now I feel like it's like a more solidified floor, um, which gives me more comfort, but, um, but yeah, man, I don't know. I can't wait for the season. I, I just, I just want to, you know, get things started for sure. One more thing I want to point out too with Cleveland before we like move on to the Utah side, I guess, like the, the they, I guess the Cavs are like the fact that they traded Ochai means that I feel like they got to be like, com- like what you were saying, what I said earlier, like they got to be comfortable with Isaac. Uh, like, because the one thing that they're going to desperately need from him, especially come postseason time, is they're going to need him to knock down the open three if he's going to be playing next to uh, in the in the starting lineup, which they're probably going to need him to do now. Because, de- like like you said, he's a really good defender for his age. He's probably going to be taking on the toughest guard assignments every night. Because I'm assuming he's going to be in the starting lineup just for that defensive guy. Yeah. But you know, last year, like statistically, he was like the most open guy from three all season, pretty much. Yeah. And he was also one of the lowest percentage shooters on those open shots. So he that that's one regard. Even if he doesn't get better anywhere else offensively, that's the, he just needs to knock down the open three. He's got to be able to do it if he wants to be able to get those minutes in the playoffs because they're going to need him on the floor too. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's, yeah. And, and you like I said, like quick, quick blurb. Right. It's just like obviously you guys know like I love Isaac. Like I wanted to see like him become an all star. You know what I mean? Like. It's like it's funny the 2020 draft class of, of the NFL and the NBA. It's Isaac and uh, Brager, right? And it's like, like I'm 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 going for them both. Um, and so like that's what I'm saying. So for for Isaac, I just want to see him like like yeah, like you said, like the the three point shot has to go in. Um, but the thing I will say is as the season went on last year, um, I think after the All Star break, he started like shooting like 47 percent of catch and shoot looks something like that. I forgot what it was. The, the volume wasn't like insane. Like I'm not going to say it was anything crazy, but um, his mechanics definitely got better. So. Um, and I heard, I think apparently from a Cavs executive that apparently he's been working his ass off and looks been, he's been looking better. This report came out like a month ago, I think. So that's hopefully a sign of good things to come. Um, and is and that's another thing too. Like again, quick thing is like, um, again, yeah, the the, the the catch and shoot thing is is the most imperative right now. But um, the what what I saw for Isaac coming in when he when he got drafted was like, all right, like he can put the ball on the floor. He can kind of do that secondary, you know, playmaking. Um, like that, like again, Jimmy Butler light, like, you know what I mean? Like you can give the ball to him. He can make a, he can make a play off the, off the dribble type stuff. And he's, he's shown flashes of it, um, last year and, and the year before. And it's like, he just has to, I guess, be confident in, in doing that. And it's like the whole mental thing of side of things is, is like, is very important. And I think that's the main thing. 
Um, but yeah, and, and hopefully again, like you said, like again, just praying to God that this is like this is a sign of things, good things to come, and the Cavs like what they seen from from Isaac from his development. So, um, and yeah, I'm hoping this is like the like the biggest thing for Isaac is like him uh, being able to break out, and then like I said, Lamar too, like um, being that six eight um, guy who can guard. You know, I remember he he was guarding uh, like like Paul George on um, matchups last year, and he was guarding like Reggie Jackson, and then like. Different games, he was guarding different guys, and it's like he did a really good job on them. And then, um, in terms of his creation in the half court, is really good too. So, like those two guys, like I love them so much, and like I, I like I see the potential, and I, and that's I guess the one uh, bright side um, that comes from this um, this trade is like I can see my like hopefully like it, it grants opportunities for these two guys to kind of break out and kind of show the world you know the, the work they've been putting in. But um, but yeah, that's that's that. I can't wait to get started for that. I can't wait to start watching for that. Um, and I guess if you want to go to Utah, I'm um, talking about Utah side of things. Um, like I said, I'm obviously the roster, not anything crazy, but I, I do like the way they're headed in terms of their rebuild slash retool. Um, I already covered the three guys that we just talked about, um, but all those picks that they got from, you know, from, from our trade and then from the, from the Gobert trade from. They got 13 first round picks between Gobert and Mitchell. That's yeah. Insane. Like that's insane. Like yeah. it's better be them. And also a collection of players too, that they could either to the veterans, they could also flip like, We'll talk about it a little bit later for Aaron. Like they already flipped Beverly into THT and Stanley Johnson, and then you know they got they got guys like like Sexton now. They got uh, Lowry, Oshai, Vanderbilt, Walker Kessler, like all these other young guys. Last year they got Nikhil Alexander Walker at the deadline. They got all these young guys that they can like you know they're unproven. They just need some playing time to you know kind of hone their craft to get get themselves going in the league. So I like their team, bro. I want to watch them. I want to see. Like I like the collection of like pieces that they got, but. It's just yeah. like a random group of players. It is. Honestly. It, it is. is. Entirely. But, no, that's what I'm saying. But, like, I feel like – that's what I'm saying. I think, like, Age has done a good job um, of, of collecting those pieces, of, like, of going to the future. Like, they'll be fine. And like you said, like, they still have Bogdanovich on the roster. Um, I mean, I guess, like – I mean, if you want to transition, I guess, to the Lakers thing, because it's like – I mean, who's going to trade for Conley? I have no idea. But if it's anything, it might be the Lakers. But, I mean, Aaron, if you want to talk about that, if you want to get that started – um, kind of preface that with Aaron, before, before you get into the fit, uh, you know, you've been a pretty vocal Patrick Beverly hater over the last however oh, of course. years. My fault, my uh, now, now he's <laughs> coming so... to your team. How is your perspective on, you know, do you think Patrick Beverly is actually a, a, an impactful NBA player now? Cause you, you were on record to say that he was running around doing nothing before. That wasn't just me. But actually, hold on. Before that, I didn't want to interrupt Christian beforehand, but just quick on the Okoro thing. That I feel like Okoro's three-point shooting should – well, first of all, it's it's a must that he should improve. But honestly, I feel like now he's going to get even more looks because if you think of a – if you think of a starting five of him, Garland, Mitchell, Allen, and Mobley, like I feel like the last person – I'm not saying – I'm not – being trying to be disrespectful, but like out of those five, like I feel like Isaac should be getting the least like amount of looks on the defensive end. You know what I mean? So like I feel like you'll have he'll definitely have the chance to improve more. I don't know what the starting lineup's gonna be like. I feel like that's probably what's gonna be though. It's probably gonna be like, that, yeah. But the only thing that's like, about that too is that last year he he was like literally like one of the most open players on every shot he took last yeah. year from three. I remember that. Mm-hmm. I mean, not like I feel like you should get way more 
way more looks now. Like, I feel like defenses are going to be not like sagging off, but they're going to have bigger worries with Mitchell there because Colin wasn't there the whole season, basically. So, like, you had – like, I'm not saying there was – there wasn't as many options, but now adding Mitchell, it's more lethal. So I feel like you're gonna have more options there. For sure. Like, but all right, well, yeah, well, damn it. I mean, that is uh pretty damning to me. Uh I, I didn't think this day would ever come when I seen that post Pat Bev on the Lakers. It's just like it's like a my league move. <laughs> uh I mean, mine first of all, that wasn't just me, by the way, saying he ran around doing nothing. I still uh still felt that way low key, but like I don't Wait, know, like, what did you what did you call him again? What did you say it was? <laughs> like he was like a like a player that runs around. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Uh but uh I mean initial thought I was I saw it, I was like, okay. Like I mean it's it's not a first of all, like if you think about it, well my first reaction was I wish we didn't treat Stanley Johnson. That was my first initial reaction. I was kind of hoping we didn't do that. But I, apparently it's for a salary filler. And I apparently he wasn't even going to be in the rotation, which was really weird to me. Because he's not going to clutch sports. Yeah. He's like, he's like the one of the only wing dudes we had left. We like we weren't going to play him. I don't think – I don't buy that. It was like I a fourth best player last year, which is pretty sad, but – <laughs> yeah, that's a whole different story. But um, what's it called? I don't know. Like, I saw the trade, and, I, like, if that's the only trade we're going to make, which I hope not, and I don't think it will be, like, I hope it's a precursor to another, like, a Westbrook trade, because if that's the only trade, then this doesn't really lift the the ceiling or the floor up at all. Like, it's just – it's definitely what we needed, like a, a defensive dude, like a like a guy that's just gonna like try to be a nuisance and bring the best out of like AD and obviously I mean we're not gonna bring the best out of LeBron. He's gonna do that himself, but like I feel like that's that's the type of dude that like we need is like because no one showed that kind of like passion last year, and we we need that dude who's just gonna be like relentless, like every every minute every game he's just gonna bring his all like. That energy is what we missed, but I, I feel like if that's the only trade that's going to happen, then it's like, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be like the energy is going to be nice if we win at least. But I, I feel like I'm hoping that's a precursor to a deal that's supposed to come. Hopefully, it's whether it's like a, a Pacers deal or uh, the Jazz deal. I saw a Spurs deal. I don't know if that's going to happen. It was like McDermott and. Richardson, I think. I'm okay. like, I don't know what's gonna happen. That'd be disgusting. Yeah, I don't I don't I first of all that wasn't the first option, let alone I didn't even take it seriously because I don't think it would happen either way. But they're just, uh, they're just saying naming teams with cap space who would be willing to take the picks. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, but I don't I don't know what's happening with this Pacers deal because like uh they gotta I heard that rumor. Annoying. Huh? They gotta stop being annoying. <laughs> Well, I well, honestly, I'm on that I'm on that wave, kind of with the FM picks kind of thing, because like it's those picks that are 20, 27, 20, 29. You don't know how good or bad we would be, but you got to think worst case scenario, like you're gonna be terrible, and like uh, you're gonna 
you don't have any draft picks. Like you're in a bad spot. Like that's probably what it is. But I don't know. Like the Pacers were saying like we want Russ two picks and THT. And I guess that's kind of like I saw that rumor floating around. It's kind of like that's like way too much. I feel like they're trying to fleece us. And then obviously THT got traded, so it's, it would be Russ to the two picks. And we're still trying. We're still reluctant to trade the picks. Like I, I understand, but then I, then again, it's like if you want to win now, which you don't know how many years, like you have left of like, a, a like a, you know, I feel like LeBron's always going to be good, but like, like, it's like we said the last episode, left. it's like you're not going to have LeBron James and Anthony Davis forever. Like you need yeah. to capitalize on that now. And, and like I, 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 like I thought of another thing. It's like. Those picks, like, what are the chances of those picks being a LeBron James or something of that caliber? And it's, like, it's years from now, so you don't even know what's going to happen. Like, you have no idea. Like, obviously, like, those picks are important, but I, I don't want to think of the downside of this because, I, I, obviously, I, wanted, I want him to be here for a while. But, like, if LeBron leaves and – I know LeBron and AD's contracts like are gone at the same time, like they expire at the same time. But if we were to trade like AD or something, we could we could definitely get a first rounder at least off of him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like there's that option still. Obviously, like I wouldn't want that to happen. But if worst case scenario, like you still have that option. Like we don't have like all bums on the roster where like it's just like completely gone, can't get anything back. But you're also I, in LA too, so it's like the chances of you LA not being able to sign yeah, free agent like, by 2029 is like pretty low. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah, that, that's another thing. It's like the market. I was looking at the jazz, like because like obviously, like my reaction of seeing a trade is like going to like each team's like fan base and seeing what their reaction is. And the, I saw jazz fans like kind of like upset because like it's Utah. It's like a small market. Like you're not gonna get like, unless like you have those draft picks like hit and they're like actual good draft picks. Other than that, like you don't really see big free agents want it's like, yo, I'm gonna go to Utah. And it's small like a market small market team. Need team. The picks. That's the only way they could build a championship level. Yeah, roster. I mean, it's yeah, through, I, through trades and through drafting. You have, you got to hundred draft picks. You got to be able to cash in those picks for better players because the chances of a top free agent going to your team are smaller than like an than like a, an L.A. or like a, a New York or a, a, a Boston, something like that. Miami. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, the draft is the most important part. Like that, that's and that's why teams like the Jazz and the Thunder now are like accumulating all these assets because that's what they need to do. Like some of these picks definitely got to hit in some way or another. Like if the more you have, the more of a chance you have of getting someone who's going to change your franchise. And then the more you have once like a star, like for example, with Cleveland now, like when a star like Donovan Mitchell becomes available, you have these picks that you can cash in and you can bring them to your city and your team. Yeah. The draft, is the, most, draft. the draft is the most important part. Like aspect, like you have to be able to hit on a, at least a few, but I don't know. Overall, I think this trade doesn't move much. Like we probably raised our win total to, I want to say at most four wins. Like I, I'm still like, it's a good I, I'm not a, I mean, yeah, I'm not a pessimistic person, but, like, after this last year, like, obviously it's a big roster change, but I still don't think that this is 
it's a good start. Obviously, we need that energy, but I feel like we have to make a Westbrook trade. Either I don't like the Jazz trade. I don't. I don't really like Bogdanovich Conley. I don't know how much that moves the needle either with the age part. That's certainly, but th- those are two. Those yeah, are two better, guys who can play next to LeBron and fix things under their offense. Yeah, that or I mean the Buddy and Miles deal. Like I feel like I'd want that more than the Jazz. I feel like the Jazz deal is what's going to happen if if anything does happen now. Well, I wouldn't mind because like that's like you said, those players are the most ideal players of LeBron. They're not really good defensive players, but like to space the floor at least. You know what I mean? So that's well, we just gotta see what happens. Yeah, no, what's yeah. it called? I think like the funny thing about this entire situation, I think it's like the way it is, I don't know what Indy's on. I think what Indy was waiting for is to see how like the New York, um, Utah things are gonna go and how Mitchell situation is gonna go. And I think they're gonna try to sneak in, do something like that. But um now that that's over, I feel like you might see like Indiana and LA start talking again. You might honestly, I have no idea speculation but um but if they don't and I'll also actually no before I said if they don't it, it's weird that Indy hasn't really pulled the trigger yet just because I feel like you're getting Westbrook's expiring contract right is his last year that's a lot of money that it, that's expiring um a and then b you're getting two first round picks future first round picks and then c it's like you're opening up space for um your young guys right you're talking about like you know like Duarte and Halliburton getting more run and burn, um, and then what's what's it called? Um, Jalen Smith, like you know what I mean? Like what if Turner's gone? It opens up minutes for him. It's like it opens up it opens up spots. Like you're you're opening up salary, and then on top of that, you're getting two future first. You know what I mean? So for me, it's kind of weird that Indy hasn't done it yet. Um, but I mean, if they want to keep waiting, I mean, go. I mean, it's I guess it's on them. Um, but I'm like, saying, huh? Sorry to cut you off, but I, I, it's just like I feel like. They, they just want, like, a few veteran guys who could at least be there to play around all their young guys. Like, because Turner and Heald are, like, their last two veterans on the team pretty much. And other than that, then, like, you know, with, with especially with Halliburton now, like, they, they said, they've said that they want a guy like Turner to play next to Halliburton because, like, you know, he's a pretty versatile big. He can stretch the floor. He can – like, I don't know if you guys remember, but before Sabonis was, like, in, uh, in Indiana, Turner was, like, a really – was, like, a pretty good, like – post like low like pick and roll guy when he was playing next to uh what's his face that was when Darren Collison was still there they were in that I think it was a 2017 series against Cleveland Turner actually played really well like especially down low and you know I feel like especially considering the fact that he's like been he's had all this injury trouble the last few years and he hasn't really been able to like showcase what he's been able to do at full health yet uh and also the fact that he's been in trade rumors for like four or five years now and he's still stuck around all these years and embraced the city and the fans I feel like they feel like they probably owe him something and they want him to play like at, le- at least give it a try with him in this core they have now. See what he's see what he's got, like especially without Sabonis there now. Yeah, no, probably. Um, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, I mean, regardless, I'm just saying because I feel like like the way that Indy's been handling things that they don't really strike me as like, uh, like, let's do right by the vets. I mean, that could be the case, too. I don't know. But moving on to like Utah, like. I feel like now that Utah got the, the Mitchell situation out of the way, like I feel like they're probably calling up like LA right. They're probably talking like right now actively. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Cause like we all know, like, you know, obviously Bogdanovich is a hot commodity, but then, you know, like I said earlier, like um, Conley, 
uh, like dude kind of fell off, but I mean, he could still give you some serviceable minutes, I guess. Like his contract is atrocious. So like not many teams are going to be lining up to, to, to get him. Still uh, like a vocal leader. Playoff, he's got playoff experience. No, he's. Yeah, exactly. What right. is, he's, what is he's his like contract? Off the bench like that. He's like a little over 20 mil a year, I think now for the next. I don't, I don't know if it's expiring or two years left. I forget. I think there's like two years left. It's not, I don't think it's expiring. I don't think it's expiring. There's still like at least like one or two. I know that like huge max that he signed ended and they re-signed him again, but it wasn't. Yeah. I know. I know it was under a max. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that's like that's the only issue, right? It's just like all right, if I'm LA, like again, like you had like at this point, like you have to do like every, after everything that happened, you have to do you have to do a move. But I feel like yeah, I guess more than likely it might just be Utah now, just because they got everything settled down now. Um, they might just be going for more picks, like the two Lakers picks, and then again expiring salary. So it's like, um. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it might be Utah more than likely, but as a LeBron fan, me personally, I prefer the the <laughs> the, the um, Indiana deal. But um, but I feel like yeah, like like you guys just said, it's like I like if they have to settle for the Utah deal, not like settle, but you know what I mean. It's like all right, you're still getting like a, like a Bogdanovich who's a really good shooter. Uh, put that on you know off ball next to LeBron, and then uh, kind of like we just said, you can bring in like pretty good uh, point guard duties to the to the floor. Um, he's a pretty good shooter as well. So. Um, yeah, so I think like yeah, I mean, either of those deals that can go wrong. But if I'm the Lakers, I'd still try to like, like be like, "Yo, Indy, are you sure?" If not, you know what I mean, go to Utah. That's just how I see it. You know what I mean? But I as the Patrick Beverly thing goes, I'm happy the Patrick Beverly thing happened because Bev's my boy, and now that him and Braun are teaming up, team up, uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's an ideal scenario. Like I want to see this happen for a minute now. So, nah, uh, it's yeah. it's still wild to me that Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly are teammates. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> See, I just – it's not – like, this roster is not built for that. Like, I feel like it doesn't make any sense. Like, there has to be some kind of move coming, even though, like, there's – I feel like – well, they have to. Like, Darvin Ham and, like, all these – like, there was, like, Byron Scott talking about it today and Pat Bev and LeBron. They're, like, all hyping up Russ. Obviously, you can't, like, trash him because that just ruins your leverage. But well, I mean, let – I mean, Russ was also talking up Kuzma the other year, saying, oh, yeah, Kuz, most improved player, like a month later gets yeah. traded. Oh, bro, I, swear, I had no just... idea that was happening. I swear. Yeah, you can't – obviously, you can't talk, like, smack on your teammate or that's just going to ruin your leverage. Especially if you're LeBron, you can't do that. But um, it's like – I don't know. Like, this roster is just not – it's not complete. It doesn't make – it doesn't make sense that this roster would – go out like this I, I just don't see it I hope I'm I hope I'm right because like I wouldn't want to watch like a repeat of last year obviously like, like that was depressing as, as it was but we did get like we did get younger which is a good thing but you know like JTA Troy Daniels with Lonnie Walker was the most questionable G. I really still don't know how I feel about Lonnie Walker but um but yeah Pat- honestly Pat Bev yeah. is like, especially for a team at the Lakers, who last year had like a lot of internal, like even like not even looking at the stuff all in court, like the internal like trouble that happened to them throughout the season with Russ and the, and the coaching staff and all that, like yeah, yeah. and then all, like you know a lot of people like being frustrated with him and everything, uh, and him about his role, and then also the on court stuff with like just their their struggles with defense and all these guys like knowing where they're supposed to be at the right times and who's going to be playing, who is deserves minutes i feel like pat bev is the type of guy you want in that locker room like he's like a culture oh, yeah. and like an on-court leader like 
we saw what he did with that Minnesota team last year, like kind of like th- those guys have been struggling to like put it together for years. Like, but he, and then, you know, they all talk about him coming to the team, how he kind of like changed their perspective on a lot of things and like what they're supposed to be doing, playing their role the right way, you know, knowing what to do on defense and where to be in certain locations. Like Pat Bev is the type of guy you want for that. But then again, also like when you think about his history with Russ and Russ and his personality in general, like if, you know, he, he's never really been one that changes his mind or his perspective on the game, like how he wants to play. Like, you know, he's not going to want to be benched in late in games. I know he's going to have, he's going to have a, a problem with that, but especially a guy like, like, and Pat Bev, like no matter who's on his team, he's going to defend them and he's going to be like, that's my teammate. I'm going to stick up for him. But, and we even see on Twitter, like Beverly is like saying like, yeah, me and Russ talked, we're going to be good and we're, we're going to try to make it work. But then again, like Beverly did injure Russ and then Russ has been like, holding a grudge on him his whole career since then, pretty much. So it's going to be like, – I don't know if Russ is the type of guy whose perspective you can change in that type of regard. Yeah. It's also alarming that Pat Bev is our best three-point shooter statistically. So I uh, – that very – that is very alarming when that I saw good. that. I, yeah, well, I mean, but, yeah. If you seen his game last year, like he made a lot of like he made a really huge improvement, on, like in terms of his jump shot. Like his catcher two got a lot I mean, better. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, that's that's good, obviously. Like, but still, I mean, like I could trust LeBron to like hit threes down. That's like, but besides them, like Lonnie Walker was saying, yeah, leave me open. It's gonna be a problem. I mean, like, okay, like, all right, we'll see what happens. But other than that. Honestly, the biggest thing is, before we segment to something else, but, like, it doesn't matter what happens. If this roster is the same or if we make a trade, like, the whole season, I honestly, like, will stay might as relies on if AD goes back to his normal self. Because if he doesn't or if he's, like, hurt or if he just doesn't go back to that, like, I am a defense player of the year player every single night, which he like literally has the ability to if he wanted to every single night, then like I this whole season is just it's under the bus. Like it doesn't it under just doesn't work. Under, I was about to say that. I that's Arr! Arr! <laughs> how you how you feeling about that uh Lakers doc so far? I mean, I don't even know what's been going on, bro. I could I have trouble focusing. <laughs> Did you? Oh I still but, have yeah. not gotten around to that. I gotta watch it. That's good. I, I like it a lot. No, it, it's, it's good. good. Yeah, I, I like it. I like it. Um, they're still in like the '80s part, or like they're like in the '90s now. They should have started but, with Wilson though. That's just me. But yeah, I, uh, yeah, they could have. They just started with Showtime though. Yeah, it was, it's still good. I like. It. I can't wait to losing. In the in the huh? '90s, I mean the in the '70s. Uh, yeah, when we were in Minneapolis. I mean, it's going to get to that part. No, I gonna... feel like they could have done, like, a pregame episode where it's, like, oh, it's, like, Jerry West and Baylor and then Will, and then they could have been, like, oh, and then we were Ash for, yeah. like, 70s. And then, you they know didn't what I mean? mention them at all. Yeah. They yeah. took Jerry West, obviously. He's still there around, yeah. but, but no, they didn't they mention any of them. West, not really, like, the player Jerry West. You know what I mean? Like, like it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like they're, like in the, they're, like, in the 90s now, so it's, like, like they just had like the Magic Johnson like AIDS announcement thing. Like yeah. that's the last thing that happened. So yeah. I want to see like the I really am excited to see like the Shaq and Kobe thing, like how that behind the scenes part. Yeah. yeah. Either but way, if you guys haven't watched that or uh, or Winning Time, definitely check that out because uh, two very good shows. Um, two very different shows too. 
but they're both Div- yeah very yeah. different, but. different <laughs> John C. Riley shout out uh but I'm a huge Lakers guy so it doesn't matter right Aaron yes it's yes. our team that's yeah that's sir. our team forever our team full of legends baby come on Christy um, you were saying earlier that one of your most anticipated teams to watch this year was going to be the Oklahoma City Thunder but we got the unfortunate news a few weeks oh, ago yeah. that Chet Holmgren will not be able to play this year with uh what was it list Frank yeah, yeah, yeah Liz Frank uh, injury, and he's going to be out the whole season, which is really unfortunate because I was really looking forward to watching that team too. Like just that collection of young guys, all the length, the shooting, you know, I, watching them develop together was going to be so fun this year. Like I didn't think they were going to be super competitive or anything, but, you know, you got a guy like Shea, yeah. the v- development from guys like Giddy and Dort and it, Ken, yeah. like, I, I know Ken, Kenrich Williams, like, He's not like a, a household name or anything like that, but you know they brought him back. He was a really fun hustle guy. Like just, just a really fun collection of guys who are like really would be a really interesting team to watch. And now, one thing I will say though, I don't want to cut you off, but one thing I will say is obviously it sucks. But a lot of people are like, oh, now I can't watch OKC anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Like, bro, these are well, really good players. You know what I mean? It's like people are kind of weird with that shit. Well, but all right, my well, fault. Watchable, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But it's just like that number two pick. This guy that you know. They've been waiting for all this time, like these last few years, like getting all these draft picks. And then finally you you score, you get the number two pick, you draft Chet, you're ready for him to come in and contribute to your team. And then just like some freak accident happens like that in a pro-am game. It's just so unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. Do you see the – remember how like they were like, oh, Chet is like so cocky. I, I saw like as soon as that happened, everyone was like, yeah, he deserved it. Yeah, that's <laughs> kind of like, damn, yeah, like, yeah, damn, bro. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I mean, because no, because I said that too. Like drafting, I thought he was like, oh, he's cocky as shit. Like obviously, like that was weird to me. But like, but like people are like, oh yeah, you know, he deserved. That's just so weird to me, bro. It's like the same thing with that. Remember, like when Jonathan Isaac got injured, like he tore his ACL. They were like, oh yeah, that's what you get. Like, bro, how do you like how do you type that out and like you know what I mean? Like, and so everyone, weird. everyone's saying like, oh, I knew he was gonna be a bust, and this was like, no, he hasn't played yet. Like, <laughs> what, are, what are you talking about? Bro, what does that even mean? Like, like obviously it's just summer league, but you know, he showed like a lot of flashes of like extreme versatility, like such a unique big, like another one of these like unicorn type players that are coming in the league and gonna be exciting to watch develop. Just like how are you gonna how are you gonna like have how are you gonna watch him have one injury and then be like, Oh yeah, I knew he was gonna be a bust. I I told you guys, I told you guys he wasn't gonna be as good as uh as Jabari Smith. No, that ass. I just can't take them. I can't take them seriously. Like, the only like reason I'd like actually get bad is like if like you know like I'm like in a bad mood because like a loss or something, and I see like comments like that that just piss me off. But like other than that, like on a normal day, like just like it's just a joke. Like you can't yeah, take it seriously. It's but, just um, like I, I, and just in general, I hate the term bust. Just like even just like everybody talks about like oh Greg Oden huge bust. It's just like no. When he played, he actually was like a really good player, and he was gonna. It, it seemed like he was gonna have a really bright future, but then all these injuries just completely derailed his career. Mm-hmm. That's another thing too, because I I heard also like Aaron, if you want to back me up with your PT knowledge, that I heard like like Liz Frank and foot stuff are like terrible for big men. That's why like like Odin was screwed after he had his, and then that's what I mean. Uh, like God forbid it happens to you know to um to Chet, but like like it's this is what it is. You know what I mean? It's like. Um, it sucks, but at the same time, it's like I know, like earlier, we said like the, the Thunder should try to uh compete as hard as they can and like try not to lose games on purpose. But 
Um, dude, if they get like Wembenaya next year, bro, like it's gonna be insane. Like, like, like they have like Diang at the three, and then like, yeah. like Chet at the four, and then like both, you know, like when or like, you Goku. know what I mean? Vice versa, you Goku. know what I mean? Chetsky. Like, yeah, Goku's like, gonna be out of the league by that time, bro. He's so <laughs> yeah. Bro, I, Goku's I, like Dogecoin, you know what I mean? It's like I never bought <laughs> any of that shit, but like it's like it came down to earth. Like what? Uh, what it's just like, I, I I liked the draft pick too at the time, and I was like, oh, okay, he's. I really thought he was an interesting player, but then just like. Watching it, he's gone into his third year and he was still getting like cooked in the G League, not being able to do anything or not in the G League, yeah. in the summer league. Summer like, league like all yeah. these incoming rookies and undrafted players. I'm like, just like, bro, it's hopeless right now. <laughs> I don't like, think obviously it's not because he's still like... a third year player, but yeah, I, I just, I just I'm selling my stock. He hasn't even been able to put on weight either. I don't feel like, no, nah, hasn't been eating at all, bro. It's crazy. They should, yeah, I don't know, but I mean, regardless of like, I'm still gonna try to catch as much as I can, but um. But yeah, no, it's gonna be. It, it sucks that it happened, but I mean, again, like hopefully that's just like all right. They can if they get like Wemba Nine next year, that'd be insane. Like it's either gonna be them or Utah, you know what I mean? But because um, <laughs> you know it's going back and forth. You, like you just think about it. Like teams are already trying to tank. Like imagine like that's how good you are. Like teams are already trying to tank for you before the season even starts. Like yeah. that's crazy. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be fun for sure. But um. Yeah, what else do we got to talk about? Oh, yeah, and then um, what's his face got injured too? Um, Gallinari. Gallinari and Gary Harris, bro. Yeah. It's Gal- like Gallo was playing overseas for Italy and got hurt. They, at first, they were like, yeah, it wasn't, there was no ACL damage. I was like, oh, that's really good. But then they were like, yeah, he tore his Achilles, though. And I was like, no, no, it's meniscus, meniscus. Oh, meniscus, that's what it was, my bad. Yeah. But yeah. Which, I mean, it's like, bro, it's that's, like, that, that's a quicker recovery than ACL, yeah. obviously, but still, it's just like he's going to mm-hmm. be out for a little bit. So that sucks. And yeah, no, I was saying, bro, like, God got his ECL, bro, because y'all saw that picture, right? Like, that shit was – Yeah, that was insane. I was, like, always like, done. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, I guess Gary, that's whatever. Gary so I guess Harris like, was ACL, right? No, no, no. I thought it was. Was it ACL? No. I thought it was. I thought that's what I saw. Oh, who, wait, who was ACL? Was it Gary Harris? No way. I know Gary Harris got hurt, and he's likely – and I know they say he's likely going to be out for the season. But I forget, wasn't ACL? Let me check. I thought it was like a- oh, meniscus also. Oh, yeah, meniscus. Oh, yeah. So, still going to miss a, a portion of time. But, mm. yeah, that, that sucks for him, too, because last year he had such a, a great bounce-back year with Orlando coming off their bench and, like, being that veteran guy for that young team. Shot, like, I think it was 40% from three last year again after, like, his three fell off the last couple of years. Yeah. From his, like, he came into to Denver – was like a 17 point. He was like their leading scorer. Oh, he was getting buckets, yeah. Yeah. He was getting buckets. And then, and then he had an injury there, too. That kind of like slowed him down. And then he, with Orlando last year, he was kind of like having like a rehab year and bounced back. He was like clamping up again, hitting a lot of his threes. Yeah. And then this year, he was like, he has like a certified spot in their rotation. They're supposed to have like, not like playoff aspirations, I guess, but like they're going to be like a more competitive, like maybe 10th seed, like in, in the in the contention for the 10th seed, I guess. And now he's going to be out, too, which. Sucks, man. At least he got his bag though before he got hurt. Yeah, right before. <laughs> that would suck. That would suck. Imagine if you're in contract negotiations that happens. That would suck. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I mean, like it happened to Colin, man. It, it sucks, but at least he got paid now. At least he got the money he wanted. That's the one thing I will say. I will say. Forgot to say earlier is like it sucks, but at least he got his bread. Same thing with Gary Harris. At least, like you know, they secured the bread first. You know what I mean? It's like that is what it is at this point, but. Um, you guys want to talk about the schedule? Yeah, let's talk about the schedule. 
Oh, 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 so oh, we want to start with opening night? Yeah, screw it. I mean, wait, I got to pull it up. I'll I got it. I got it right here. Oh, opening night, October 18th. Share screen. <laughs> I don't want my internet to go crazy. What's it called? Uh, opening night is going to be Sixers, Celtics, and Lakers, Warriors opening the season, which I'm very excited about. But now that I'm in class – at night on Tuesdays, I'm going to have to miss the Sixers Celtics game, which is awesome. Terrible. I'm not going to say that, but you know, I'm pretty upset. Not going to say what? Not going to say what? Say it. Damn. No. But yeah, I'm very upset about that. But you know, I'll watch. I'll watch the replay afterwards on League Pass, which is going to be at a dis- much discounted price this year. So you guys should definitely cop if you have the chance. Well, I mean, Aaron, you're probably not going to watch basketball anyway, but Chrissy, you should definitely come. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to say my finances lie. I might still be, you know, on the seven seas. Ahoy, matey! You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, no, I might. Honestly, I might. Because, honestly, 56% is a lot. So, I mean, I might. It's, it's going to be, like, only 100 a year, I think, which is probably, like, what is that, less than Netflix? That's tough. Something like that, yeah. I think so. Honestly, yeah, you're right. I, mean, I actually might. I'm going to just say screw it and do it. But, yeah, anyway, back to the games. Uh, Sixers, Celtics, Lakers, Warriors to open the night. On uh, opening night, what are you guys? What, what are you guys most excited about for those games? Aaron, you want to go first? Oh, uh, I mean, it's just like first of all, like the off season, you already have like those additions, like Brogdon from the Celtics, and you have PJ Tucker. I forgot who the Celtics got. Well, Gallo's injured, but like Brogdon, you have all these pieces coming mm-hmm. back. It's like the beginning of the season, so I feel like. Is the game in Philly or is it in Boston? It's in Boston. Oh, yeah. I mean, either way, like Philly, Philly and Boston, like that's a that's a pretty like energetic uh, energetic matchup. It's always been, and now you have these like you know that they're two top teams in the East. That's going to be a big matchup. So I mean, I I'm just looking forward to seeing like that energy. You know what I mean? It's always been there, and like Lakers Warriors, like that's of course they had a big rig night, and. I hope uh, we don't lose by 30 on national television. But uh, once Scott Anderson have... gets to receive his ring from the Lakers at the, uh, uh, yeah, I realize, at the Chase Center. <laughs> I just hope I just hope uh, I just hope LeBron sees that gets mad, drops 50. Well, actually, I don't I don't want him to drop 50. I want it to be a good team win, but the 50 piece will be nice in W. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the opening week, there's a lot of pretty solid games. Uh, I thought it was weird night two. New York and Memphis is the national TV game, which is it's cool to see Memphis on national TV because last year they didn't get a lot despite being like a really up and coming team finishing the second seed. So it's good to see them have a lot of uh, national TV games this year. But the Knicks this early, we get the mid three, we get the mid three on TV. Maybe wait a little bit, not opening week, but then you also get the Dallas Phoenix rematch on ESPN that night too. Mm -hmm. So that should be like a good little rivalry game there after what happens. Go Dallas. I'm a Dallas. Honestly, I feel like our, our game is gonna be fun too. Cavs Raptors, bro. That's gonna be a fire. Who's that? Huh? Is that? Uh, oh, is that their opening game? Yeah, yeah. Seven thirty. Oh. I don't know why yeah. it's not like an eight p.m. like you know prime time game, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, Milwaukee Milwaukee Sixers and Clippers Lakers the third night, which are gonna be another two great games. Yeah. I'm I'm hyped for the start of the season. Uh, did you guys see that whole rivalry thing? They have a rivalry. Dude, that's gonna be so fire. Yeah, but. Yeah, it's weird. I'll, I want to go through that real fast. I have it up right here. It's yeah. like, so for it's January 24th to 28th. These are going to be the national TV games. It's going to be 
Lakers Celtics that week. And then also it's going to be Knicks Nets Clippers Lakers, like, you know, some interstate city, I mean, inner uh, city rivalries. And then Mavs Suns again, then Grizzlies Wolves, that whole like Celtics heat Grizzlies Warriors, all these like uh, these playoff rivalries that happened last, uh, last season. So those should be fun. Uh, what's it called? And then there was also at the end of the week, they have Nets and Sixers. So it's going to be Ben Simmons going back to Philly, hopefully playing. And then Harden against Nets, obviously. So, Is he though? We'll see. I think he's been a long time I, I, I still my guy. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> and it was also Bulls Hornets, which is like the ball brothers going at each other. Which I thought oh, was kind of weird. Like, bro, okay, so that's what I'm saying. I was listening to the Cavs podcast with Cavs Antidote and Steve, remember? Yeah. Uh, and they were talking about the Rivals Week, too. And I think it's like, like games like that is like kind of weird. It's like, all right, we get it. It's like, okay, the brothers are there, whatever, fine. But it's not really anything like crazy. Like, again, no bias, but like, like we're not playing like the Raptors. Who are the Raptors playing that night? I don't know. Wait, what week was it? The 21st, right? You said no. 24th, 28th in January. 24th. If, if, it just feels like a, a reason to put the Hornets on TV. Yeah, like like that felt like forced. And then, um, yeah. Hold on, I'm trying to find this, John. Hold up. Uh, well, it's still like it's for the ratings, obviously, but it's like yeah. a good addition still. Yeah, no, but hold up. I, bro, I'm tripping right now. Hold up. Rivals. Look up NBA rivalry week. Uh, uh, yeah, it's like – and then I think Sixers Nuggets is that week too. So I'm being, Oh, yeah. Like the rivalry that's not really a rivalry, but it's just like the fans are rivals just, each other. Like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of <laughs> – The two best players in the league going head-to-head. Like still a great game, fun game to have that week. But it's just like the whole rivalry aspect. Like, I mean, obviously in the NBA, like – the term rivalry is used pretty loosely with a lot of these. It's like more so just like who played each other in the playoffs and like was there like a little bit of there was like some intensity. But there's not really many like other than like Celtics, Lakers, and like Clippers, Lakers, and Net Nets, Knicks. Like there's not really many uh like big rivalries in the NBA now. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I found the two games. All right. So okay, so like I said, the Bulls Hornets thing is I think is forced. And then the Raptors Warriors game, which I think is even more dumber because that's kind of forced. <laughs> That's like a really forced rival, bro. That was like literally one year. Like again, no bias, but if anything, it should be it should have been. Yeah, us. And, and Kawhi's gone too now. Like yeah, exactly, know. right. So it's like all right, what is like the Pat McCall supremacy game? Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if anything, like if you're having the Warriors <laughs> on that night, like like play us. You know what I mean? again, no bias, but like if the Warriors gonna be on, like play us or like I don't know whoever else. Like you know what I mean? Like that was just a weird ass like forced thing to me. Like bro, no one. That is not a rivalry, bro. Like no one, no one talks about that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, whatever. I, I just had to say that because yeah, I didn't even hear yeah. that until the, those those podcaster bulls like said it, and I was like, bro, those two games, like, what were they thinking? Like, what were they cooking? You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand that, but whatever. Yeah, it's like the, like there's not really many like real rivalries. It's just more so like just recent history. Who were like some teams who matched up in the playoffs pretty much yeah. and like had some like words for each other pretty much. That's pretty right. Much. Yeah, that's it's still strange. fresh energy. I mean, I yeah. I still think it's fine. Like, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, you know, I'll watch it for sure. Don't get me wrong. Cool concept, like to have that whole week just these types of games. That's cool. yeah. yeah. I mean, that should be like a stamp thing. I feel like now. I feel like they could have done earlier, but no. I think the funniest thing on the whole schedule is the day after the trade deadline, they have uh, Jazz and Knicks on TNT. That is yeah, so regretting that now. <laughs> That's gonna be the, that's gonna be such a stinker game. Like, like no, it's like nothing happening. There. They're like, oh, Donovan Mitchell going back to Utah for uh, play for the Knicks, his hometown. Nope. Yeah, I, 
Now you, you have Luis Randall versus Colin Sexton on TNT. Hey, I mean, hey, Aaron, you and I can watch that. I'll come over to watch that. <laughs> no, yeah. No, I'll no, be no. up. I'll That's watch THT that. Se- bro, like, we're like – Oh, yeah, THT on the chest. THT Sexton. Wow. That's a duo we could both cheer for now. Yeah, that's a dub. That's a dub. You know what? You know what? And Clarkson, if he doesn't get traded. And Clarkson. No, actually, oh, I forgot to talk about that. It's a rumor. I don't think it's going to happen at all. But, like, uh, they were saying you're trying to get, like, a Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, or Clarkson included in the trade. Maybe probably the money works, but I don't see it happening. But so pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. And then Christmas, too. So the Christmas schedule is going to be Sixers-Knicks to kick off. Always a game in the garden. It's tradition at this point. So the Sixers and Knicks will play at 12 o'clock. 2.30, the early game, is going to be Mavs and Lakers. That'll That's be a stupid. One. Yeah, that was I don't know. First of all, I don't know why it's in Dallas. Second of all, I don't know why we're playing Dallas. It because should Dallas be. was better last year. Still, it, dude, it's it's like it's it's always staples. Like, it's got to be. Like, we were like the 20-win team. We played LeBron's Miami, and it was still a staple center. Now, it, I don't get that. Like, it's all – I feel like – should always be at Staples, like it's LeBron now. But either way, I don't know why we're playing Dallas. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I feel like we LeBron versus Luca. That's like a premier matchup. I, yeah, but I I want to play Boston. That's yeah, why I want to play Boston. Christmas. I'd rather see Boston. Like we played the Warriors. Like well, they had the same for rivalry week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that rivalry rivalry week? Is that in Boston or is that in? Uh, LA? I think it's. In, I think it's in Boston, bro. Aaron, never forget the uh, Rondo game winner. Oh yeah, oh, bro, I was going crazy. I remember, I remember uh, it was a Brandon Ingram like awful layup, and then that happened. That remember when so the Lakers awesome. lost on Christmas last year to uh, just James Harden in the Nets? Yeah, well, we all. I don't even did LeBron play. Pretty sure LeBron played. No, AD didn't play. It was just, yeah. yeah. Is the game that uh, Claxton dunked on LeBron? I yeah. Think so. Yeah. I would think so. But then also Christmas, we have Bucks Celtics at five, Grizzlies Warriors, which was like pretty much just came about because Draymond and Ja were talking trash to each other on Twitter, where Ja was like, "Yeah, I'll see you guys in Memphis on Christmas," and then Draymond was like, "Dog, we're the champions. We're playing <laughs> in Golden State on Christmas." And he was like, "Oh, you're right. I'll come there then." And then it happened. Good. <laughs> I feel like they knew about it. I, I feel like they had to have known about it before. And they just like yeah. their PR people was like, yeah, tweet about this real quick. And like, yeah, but still. And then finally, the MVP gets to play on Christmas. Nuggets and Suns is the 1030 late game on Christmas. So that should be another good one. Yeah. Um, no, what's it called? I think uh I think out of those games. <clears throat> Boston and Milwaukee should be a really good game. Um, inshallah, hopefully the Lakers get better. So, like, that should be a good game too. And then um, the Grizzlies and Warriors, man. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, it's just like the new, like, like you know, like the new, like, it's not a forced rivalry because I guess you could kind of sort of call it. Yeah. Just because of the energy, but, like. I don't know. But at the same uh, time, it's not like, oh, I, I needed this on Christmas type game. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. But I'm still excited for it. Don't get me wrong. Oh, no, like, they got they got a mix of, like, established stars, like the current generation, like the, the future faces in the league, and then the currently established stars already. So, I think it's – I think they did a good job making the schedule for sure. 
Yeah, I guess. Um, another oh, another thing is I wanted to talk about too. Um, I don't know if you guys, I mean, you guys probably peeped, but I actually, I guess I kind of sort of peeped. Um, that there's like mini series like in the uh, in the season now. Oh um, yeah, a lot of like back to back two game. Uh, yeah, they did that to like reduce the traveling. The traveling, yeah. which I think, bro, like after last season, like, like yes, like you guys are smart for this. Like you needed to, yeah, do right. It, you know what I mean? Like, like. Thank you, Adam Silver, for finally, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, like, high key needed that, like, terribly. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it's cool, too. It's like, all right, fine. Obviously, the whole health thing is a thing. But, like, that, like, you know, that low-key series thing kind of – there's like a bit of a drama, you know, that kind of exists. And then, Drip still in the MLB. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that, that is true. Mm. That is also true. They, they did drip still the MLB. Now, now, unfortunately, unlike the MLB, they don't play multiple times in a day. Or, you know what I mean, like, every day for an entire week. Like, I'll watch that. I swear I'll, I'll watch that. Like, NBA, if you do that, like, sign some random G-leaguers to play the games. I don't care. I'll still watch it. Like, just please. I need it, like, every day, bro. It's like a shot of adrenaline. But then again, the NBA also did drip still uh, – I mean, the MLB drip still the NBA afterwards. And after all these years where there's 162 games played, they finally decided that every team will play each other starting next year. Oh, really? That's, yeah. That didn't make any oh, sense yeah. Yeah, that's ridiculous. How are you going to play 162 <laughs> games and still not play everybody? And not once cut cross Third, pass. Same that team, there's 30 you teams play like a team too. like You play like a team like 12 times. Like, dude, like, are you Wait, not sick the, of that? Like, the, the, the divisional teams play each other. Like, I think, I think like almost half of your games are played against your division. Jeez, bro, that's yeah, crazy. Like, I'd get mad It's like five teams in your division, too. Imagine if your division is, like, awful, then you just get free dubs, basically. Yeah, that's insane, bro. Um, that's pretty stupid. Yeah, but, I mean, no, but, but yeah, going back to what I was saying earlier, it's like, yeah, it's good they added that because, obviously, the whole health concern was the entire thing last year, and, um, like, we just <laughs> do something like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, is there anything else, really? There's no in-season tournament. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Not yet. Thank God. That'd be stupid. I'm glad they didn't I'm not, do that. I'm still not opposed to it, but it's like you need to make their you need to have an incentive for it. Like there's nobody's gonna want to play unless you're getting something out of it that's like worthwhile. It's like it's like a guaranteed roster spot. What uh, not a roster spot, playoff spot. Imagine the most winning division gets uh extra cap space for the summer. <laughs> that would <laughs> oh, be pretty crazy. That would be pretty cool. Again, utilize divisions, bro. Come on. Well, I mean, the cap the cap's going to spike in the next couple of years anyway. It's going to be like 2016 all over again. Yeah, facts. You yeah. get Moscow in that contract. <laughs> Alan Crab, seventy million dollars. Woo! Oh, my team Max deal. Did Evan Turner get a lot of money through that year? Evan Turner, uh, Chandler Parsons. I think uh, like Wade, Wade got like a like an eighty-four million dollar contract with like two years or something like that too. That's yeah, it was that was that was something that offseason. Can't even uh, imagine what the super maxes are gonna be there. It's gonna be like oh, people, are gonna, are, people are already making like sixty million in, in like the end of their super max deals. Like yeah, something. imagine like no, imagine they're, they're gonna be in like what, the 70s. Dude, that is oh, oh yeah, no, what God. was uh, what was Lillard's contract again? It was like what was it? Uh like two years, hundred million pretty much. I'm yeah, like, like that's crazy, bro. Like that's, that's like a two year max. Bro. I mean that's what the hey, and, and that's and yeah. that's like that's like awesome for him too because now he has more years like to get new co- newer contracts. Like the best case scenario for you is to get the highest amount of money on a short t- short term contract. Rather that's, what, than that's being, what a lot of the players are doing now too. That's, that's why LeBron's doing that. Like yeah. every year basically says like a one plus one. 
just like, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna I want to get more money because the cash gonna keep going up a little bit. So it just gives you flexibility. I'll opt out and then sign a new one plus one. Yeah. But yeah, that's crazy. What's it called? Uh, the what's it called? The Elam ending thing. Like I know it's not really like going to come to the NBA anytime soon, but I saw them saying that they might experiment for like overtime or if it goes to overtime, they might have like an Elam ending that way, so it doesn't go to like so many overtimes, which oh, I think would be pretty interesting. But I don't like that. I mean, as like from a fan perspective, it's like yeah, like these like crazy double triple overtime games are fun as hell to watch like super intense. But then again, at the same time, it's just like, even if, even if they do like the Elon ending thing, I see why like from a player's perspective, from a player's perspective or health perspective, like that makes sense, I guess. And I feel like it would still like bring a lot of intensity down the stretch anyway, because these guys are going to be like fighting for these stops. Like, Oh, they're, they're one basket away. We got to stop them from winning. Yeah, but imagine like, if it like ends on a, imagine if it ends like on a free throw or something like, yeah, I mean, that, it's inevitable. That it's going to happen that way. I mean that's that's how most uh, close games end anyway. Like if if they have an opportunity to tie, and you miss the shot, you're going to foul the other team until they miss one anyway. So, no, nah, the, the quick fix around that is like, yo, make it interesting, make it interesting. <laughs> I'm yo, this, you, you won't miss one. You won't miss one. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I'm pussy. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, but I mean, yeah, that's going to be interesting for sure. And it's like, yeah, you usually see the trend where it's like if they add a thing to the G League you'll probably see the NBA. So, I mean, if they do it, that'd be interesting, I guess. Like, I mean, it's fun in the all-star game, but I mean, let's see how it works out in the, in the actual, you know, uh, regular season itself. Um, but um, is that everything? Did we touch upon everything? I think so. I bet. Um, Next episode, I say, now, especially now that the trades are pretty much done now, like we know the Nets are going to be what they are. Like KD and Kyrie are going to be staying there. Uh, Donovan Mitchell situation is done now, so seems like all the teams are for the most part pretty set. Besides from like a few moves here and there, I guess. Oh, like the Lakers and stuff, and then see what yeah. happens. Yeah. So, like, I I wanted to look at the uh, the over unders for every team. We could do that next episode, I would say. All right, but yeah. Um, yeah. and also I'm predicting right now that Cam Reddish will be a Cleveland Cavalier, um, because we have normal wing depth and they're gonna bring him in. Um, for Dylan Windler, actually no, for Teddy Osmond, and that's it. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, but anyway, guys, uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, this is more of a loaded episode. Um, we were supposed to do the, the, the schedule episode like last week or the week before, actually, I think whenever it came out, I don't know, but we just didn't get around to doing it. So it was a pretty, a bigger episode. So sorry about that. Um, but again, like it was a crazy day today, obviously after everything that happened today, there's an emergency podcast that was necessary. So um i'm glad that we, could, we were able to get that out of the way um and uh bro we're like bro we're like a month away like a month and like a week right i think like the eighth i think is preseason i think the, i think it's like the 30th like september 30th like that's the day that's the day of the warriors and was it wizards who are playing in where are they playing mexico city something like that oh my fault or no oh, it, actually it might be asia i think they might I mean, hang on because it's, like it's like a really early game so it wouldn't be Mexico. No, I, I'm I think pretty it's sure there's a Mexico game. Yeah, it's Warriors and Wizards in I think it's in Japan. So that's the 30th? Yeah, September 30th at 6 a.m. Oh fuck. Oh, I can't say that. Uh wait, when's the Mexico game? 
I gotta see. I forget. I forget who's playing. I gotta see who it is. But yeah, but all right. So all right, we got like what three weeks left, bro. Thank the Lord Jesus, bro. I'm I'm so tired of this. Um, like I love the summer, bro. That's like, the worst part of the summer is like there's no sports. But anyway, Aaron, of course, for you, the NFL season coming back. Um, one week. Yes, sir. And we got the inferior gardener on the team, so that's cool. Uh, two, yeah, two guards. MLB, MLB playoffs approaching. I'll be locked in for that before the MLB. Before the, for the NBA I'll, starts. I'll, I'll, I'll probably actually start watching that MLB playoffs too, just because. No, nah, like I, I could, I could see why you wouldn't want to watch like every regular season game. It makes sense. There's a lot of them. Yeah, Not all of them are like extremely entertaining all the time. But playoff, play, the playoff energy in baseball is actually insane. It's so fun to watch. Speaking of which, and we had a the game. World Cup and the World, the World Cup. Cup. You're right, bro. We're loaded. We're loaded. We're strapped. And my, it's on my birthday. It's on my birthday. That's awesome. Wait, wait. What did I that... <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, but uh, Aaron, during that time, the NBA is going to be playing, so World Cup is chalked. Oh, true, true, true. Uh, Aaron That's also got the world play. says. Yeah, yeah, the Renegade. Uh, the, the, oh, we're actually also announcing the Floor Spacers League uh, held at uh, Hatboro, Pennsylvania, at uh, at uh, Renegade's Kelly Ballas Gym. Um, yes. Every oh, also – Use also, them. shout out Shane T, who texted me saying he was watching this like a half hour ago. Shout out Shane watching, T. But... Oh, 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 oh. Thank you, Shane T. Uh, Portland is mid this year. Sorry. Yeah, unfortunately. Ratio, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, sorry for that terrible tangent we just went on. Uh, but we'll <laughs> catch you guys on hopefully next week's episode. And if you're listening to us on Spotify, do subscribe, like, reshare, subscribe. Good. And then same thing with Spotify. I mean, Apple New Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Anchor Breaker, um, Ankle Breakers. Oh, um, but yeah, whatever you got to do, uh, get us clout. Um, Lamar Stevens' agent, um, you left me on red, but uh, that's whatever. Uh, did he? Yeah. I forgot about that. I, I was going to ask you. Yeah, it doesn't matter though. Once, once this episode is doing numbers, you know, he'll see. Once, exactly. once, once our German subscribers uh, put us on, he'll, he'll regret a decision. But um, congratulations to Dirk, to our German. Uh, to our German listeners, uh, Dirk's Dirk's jersey just got retired in Germany this year for the Eurobasket. Yes, that's a dub. That's a dub. Congratulations to Dirk. Uh, danke, Shine. And shout out, uh, shout out, Werner Ziegler and his wife, Ma- Margareta, <laughs> who just made an appearance in this last uh, season. Uh, Aaron, I've not spoilers for you, but that's not spoilers. Actually, it's not anything crazy. Anyway, okay, no. bye. Okay, okay. All right. Okay, bye.